We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse right here at 670 The Score and your free Odyssey app from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball again on this last day of 2022, hoping that 2023 doesn't seem quite so long for our baseball teams in town. Good morning, Bruce. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, David, and all of our tremendous listeners, the Chicago baseball fans, the best in the entire world, are here with us every Saturday. We're open to you at 312-644-6767. David told me that we have decided to have open phone lines the entire two hours this week, so please get in your resolutions for your teams. Also, we want to hear from you the biggest uh, biggest story of uh, the year for the Cubs and White Sox. The biggest, uh, probably the best player, uh, the worst player, and uh, your thoughts for the future. Again, 312-644-6767. And David, it was a mediocre year, to say the least, <laughs> on the South Side. Another one. It was a disappointing year in the first half for the Chicago Cubs on the North Side. Uh, more enthusiasm going with their uh, strong finish in the second half of the, the last 70 games of the season. So where would you like to begin well, today? Well, I think it's interesting because today, the last day of 2022, we want to look ahead, but we also want to look back. We want to do both, and we want to do it with our audience because, Bruce, I know you were up and ready and raring to go last Saturday morning, but the we weren't able to talk baseball, so we had to redo the promo. It wasn't 52 weeks a year. It was 51 in 2022 because the Bears pregame show, which I hosted, uh, preempted inside the clubhouse. I got some reaction from people who were like, where's our baseball talk? So today is our baseball talk. I, I think we want to begin here in our opening segment because we're going to piecemeal throughout this show Cubs segment, Sox segment. We want to get to both because of equal time. 
But let's bring people up to date, Bruce, because it has been a busy offseason for the Cubs, a very productive offseason so far for the White Sox. But since we last talked, the Cubs made the big move. They introduced Dansby Swanson. There's been some other things that they have done we'll get to. But I want to get your thoughts because I don't think we have spoken since Dansby Swanson had the opening press conference, and I don't think he could have made a stronger first impression. Well, I agree with you, David. And I think the, the shortstop that fit the best for the Cubs or anybody in baseball would have been Trey Turner. I mean, he's a superlative player. You had to pay $300 million plus to get him, and that's what occurred with uh, Turner. But uh, I think Swanson is a, uh, a very good fit for the Chicago Cubs. I, I like it a lot. I like the idea that um, the Chicago Cubs defense is going to be up there with the best on paper in the National League to start the 2023 season. And we know that championships are won with the defense up the middle, center field, shortstop, second base, and catcher. That's where um, balls go to die, and that's where the uh, the Cubs have gotten stronger, uh, much stronger defensively. So if you look at Bellinger, and he doesn't hit better than he did last year. If you look at um, behind the plate with Gomes, he doesn't hit better. Uh, now they've added Barnard. This is a much better defensive team and something that is very satisfying to David Ross, who pushed very hard for better defense, better pitching, more wins. I think that that's the way David Ross looks at it, and I think that's the way Jed Hoyer in the front office have attacked it in the offseason so far. Okay, Bruce, I'm going to go through some headlines, some developments, and I want to get your quick thoughts on each one before we get out to the phone lines, 312-644-6767. Liam Hendricks taken off the trade block, according to uh, various reports. That was something that was in question the last time we did did a show here on Saturday morning. Do you think that's a good or bad move, or was that surprising to you? Well, I I was – initially surprised when we heard the name and because it sounded like a money dump okay and uh, that's not what you want to hear from a team that has uh, aspirations of world championships and and I have never heard uh, Jerry Reinsdorf Rick Hahn or Ken Williams talk about anything but trying to win a championship over these last three or four years five years now going back to the beginning of their rebuild um uh, at the end of 16 into 17. So from that perspective, it surprised me. But it doesn't surprise me because the White Sox also have the highest payroll in their history. Um, that's good because also in general around Major League Baseball, uh, the um, dollar prices are up and people are back to where they were before 2020, where you have full ballparks for the first time in 2022 and new TV deals uh, nationally with with uh, new uh, networks and uh, with the cable cutting going on everywhere. There's a lot of money around for Major League Baseball. So from that perspective, getting back to the White Sox and Cubs, there is plenty of money to be spent and there's plenty of money that has been spent uh, going forward. So I was surprised by the uh, Hendricks thing initially, and then I, you know, I thought about him having some arm issues earlier in the year, and uh, whether or not they had enough fortification in their bullpen to get by without him. If they had to move those dollars to bring in a left-handed hitter, 
that was going to cost about the same. As it turned out, they did bring in the left-handed hitter. That's going to cost the same, David, uh, in Benedendi. But at the same time, they didn't have to dump the money, which is a good thing for Sox fans and Sox Nation. Bruce, in the last 24 hours, there have been a couple headlines that uh, potentially affect both teams. When you see Trey Mancini is negotiating a contract with the Washington Nationals, that is a report that is out there. And then when you see Gene Segura signing a contract, two years, $17 million, with the uh, Miami Marlins, that's the White Sox uh, potential second baseman a lot of people speculated could be in the mix there. I don't know how much they ever talked to him, if at all, but I think that name made a lot of sense had they gone in that direction. And Mancini, I, I think you have also reported that would have made sense for the Cubs. This isn't final in Washington, but it isn't uh, a step towards Chicago, it wouldn't seem. What is your reaction to both of those moves? Well, t- talking to... Um... A lot of agent sources and people around the game. Mancini's asking price, according to the Cubs people, was higher than what they wanted to pay. So from that perspective, uh, Washington sounds like the the, uh, landing spot for him uh, going forward here. I don't think the Cubs are totally out of it, but in the last probably 14 days, it went from a very hot topic of Mancini coming in to cooling down because of the dollar amounts that... uh, the Cubs didn't want to pay in that area. Uh, so, you know, lo- looking at, uh, you know, further additions for the Cubs, you know, you're probably still going to have first base. And uh, the name I'm hearing the hottest right now is Eric Hosmer. Hmm. Both teams would probably benefit from his presence in the clubhouse. Every team would benefit from his presence in the clubhouse. When you say Eric Hosmer to the Cubs, Bruce, I don't have a huge uh, I guess, strong opinion against that, except for the fact that the, the next question that I, I would pose is, if you bring Eric Hosmer into the mix, what does that say about your commitment or lack thereof to Matt Mervis? Because aren't those duplicate parts? Isn't that one blocking the way of the other? And, and we've seen this a lot, but I just wonder, if you sign Eric Hosmer, what does that mean moving forward for your young prospect? Well, you know, it's a good premise that you bring up, David, except that they're both left-handed. And when you have a uh, when you have two left-handed hitters and you have a DH now in the National League, it, it's it's a change because you can mix and match and have them both in the lineup when you when you need to. And that means that Mervis isn't riding on the bench against right-handers if you're playing Hosmer at first base or vice versa. Uh, there's also protection for Mervis, who hasn't played more than a handful of games at AAA. And, uh, you know, a- again, he dominated National League, uh, I mean, uh, minor league baseball last year. But that's not a guarantee that he won't go through some, some rookie downs like many of the players do. And Hosmer is not going to cost the Chicago Cubs very much money because San Diego had eaten most of the contract before they moved him to Boston. And that is going to be a, a, a cheap buy-in for the, for the Cubs, whether they pay, what would you say, two to five million dollars, you know, for Hosmer. It's not going to, in this modern era of baseball, that's, you know, that's chump change. So right. from that perspective, I, I don't think you lose, and I don't think you lose playing time for uh, Mervis. I'm going to read a couple names of starting pitchers who signed with teams, and let me know if you think that either the Cubs or the White Sox 
would have been in on these guys or had any chance of signing these guys. Corey Kluber signs with the Red Sox. Eovaldi signs with the Rangers. Rich Hill signs with the Pirates. This guy's going to play forever. Did any of, the, of those guys, did any other starting pitcher still on the market, Spruce, um, appeal to the Cubs or the White Sox? You you went to high school with Rich Hill, didn't you? I think I did, Bruce. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving me a lot of credit. <laughs> um, yeah, you're only 42. So uh, right. uh, I would say that Kluber and the Cubs had uh, numerous uh, conversations. They're, they were interested at one point. Um, that was close. Um, as far as Hill goes, the way that baseball is going now, and, and I think the Dodgers pretty much started this about four or five years ago, maybe six, you stockpile starting pitchers as long as you can afford them. And you assume it's going to take seven or eight pitchers, starting pitchers during the year to uh, get through a season now. And, and because the demand is um, so high and the volume of starting pitchers is so low, you know, teams like the Dodgers say, oh, okay, we're, we're going to sign Rich Hill and we expect them to start 15 to 20 games because someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to need time off. Uh, we're going to have to spot start people along the way. And he's the perfect guy for that. So for me, on, on any roster, I think Rich Hill makes perfect sense. It's not going to cost you a ton of money. You're going to get quality four or five innings. You know, I, I stopped myself at that point and you know, wonder what I'm even talking about, but that's the modern game, right? You're going to get quality right. four or five innings, and it's like, huh, sounds good, you know? We're going to get They don't make Mark innings. Burley's anymore. It, they don't, David. So from, from all of that, I, I would say that uh, Hill would have worked uh, for either team, uh, maybe even more for the White Sox because of the fact that uh, you don't know for sure about Clevenger's year. You don't know for sure about Jolito coming back. Uh, to form that he had a couple years ago. So more for the White Sox and the Cubs, but uh, I, th I think, you know, both teams did really well with the starting pitching they went after. Last question, shortstop related, and it includes two guys who are veterans. Number one, as 630 asked, can the Sox get Elvis Andrews to play second base? Is that still a possibility? And a, a, a bigger name out there still, Bruce, I want to get your reaction to. It doesn't necessarily affect the Cubs or the White Sox, but it does affect the balance of power in the National League and potentially the AL Central if he returned to the Twins. But what is the latest with Carlos Correa, who is under an agreement now with the Mets, but there's some reports about them backing out because of concerns that were raised during his physical. Well, we're, also, we're hearing right now that um, that the deal with the Mets, uh, that the Mets are asking Major League Baseball for some leeway that are, are, is not acceptable in the rules right now as far as the contract goes. Um, I have a, a, an add-on to that. An addendum to that would be, David, that for the first time in Major League history, Carlos Correa is allowed to play for more than one team. Okay. So he's going to play for both the Mets and the Twins in 2023. Uh, they'll split them up, maybe first half, second half. They split the salary. And, it, and it's the beginning of something new. Instead of trades, you work out shares with players for seasons. And we, okay. we, laugh, at, we laugh right now at the idiocy of that statement. But down the road, some major league uh, 
baseball guy at uh, in New York will say, hmm, that's a good idea. We can share players. We can share our stars around um, with uh, with numerous teams, and uh, and that, that way they can de- defer the money because they don't have to pay for the whole forty million dollars a year for a player like Correa. Anyway, that's not going to happen this year. But my, my point is the, the absurdity of what's going on here yeah. as far as Carlos Correa. Bruce popping the corks early here on a New Year's Eve edition of Inside the Clubhouse, right? It's 312-644-6767. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Let's start the conversation with Mickey, who is in Park Forest. Good morning, Mickey. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Uh, Good morning. Yes, I'd like to make a couple of comments, please. Uh, And they're all uh, related to the Cubs. I don't think Hoyer has what it takes. He's uh, He let Schwarber go for nothing. You know, free agent, we could share you them now. They knew that DH was coming. He gave Darvish away for uh, projects that we'll never see anymore. And uh, I think it's personal. They let Contreras go, but he's good enough to be with the Cardinals. I don't think David Ross ever liked him. And I think that Hoyer gets second-line players. He always gets people to have Tommy John surgery or high ERA if they're pitchers. We never get the top, top free agents. So until we do so, as much as I love the Cubs, I am totally disgusted with the front office. And when they come on these shows, no one ever nails them. They just give them softball questions. Mickey, wait a second there. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I take appreciate that, where I you're take coming that from. personally, and I, and I agree with Mickey. Oh, 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 hold on there, Bruce. I'll get to you in a moment. I'm, Mickey, are you still me. there? Because I, re- I really yes. want to ask you a question. Okay. Sure. So – so I, I want to counter that, not, not sounding defensive, but the Cubs did just sign Dansby Swanson, and they said they needed to get one one shortstop of the four. They did that. They signed yeah, but James they got the lesser of the four. They hold didn't on, get the top hold one. Hold on, Mickey. We'll have a conversation, but let me finish my question, please. Sure, sure. So, so I want to get your thoughts because it, 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 maybe he was the lesser of the four, but he was one of the four, and that was an objective. They signed Jameson Tyone to a contract that – uh, yes, he's coming off. He's had Tommy John surgery, but he's coming off a pretty strong year. That's a very professional addition to your starting rotation. When Jed Hoyer was on the morning show last week with Zach Zaidman and Mully, Mike Mulligan, he was asked every question and, and put in the context of things that he was set up. What happens if you didn't sign one of these four shortstops? These were professional questions, and these guys aren't asking them questions just be, because they're they're safe or they're, they want to curry favor or, or worry about access, which is ridiculous. Mickey, I don't think that's a fair criticism, even though I understand why you would be disappointed with some of the things this offseason. I'll, okay. I'll, admit, I'll admit, Mickey, that I ask many softball questions. Not just the 12-incher. I think I throw up there the 16-inch most of the time. So yeah. it, it, it's, just... it, it's worked for me well for my 40 years, but I agree that sometimes uh, I'm guilty of not asking a harder question that a fan would ask, and, and that kind of leaves people uh, just a little bit wanting more. So I, I'm going to do better, and that's my resolution for next year is to uh, throw uh, less softball questions at our guests. Mickey, but thank you so much for the, for the uh, feedback. And, and last thought goes to you. Are you are – you, are you disgusted to the, with the Cubs offseason enough to the point where you think that they are going to be any better in 2023? I don't think they'll be any better. The division got stronger. 
Uh, so I don't think they'll be any better. And I'm an old guy. Phil Cavaretta was my favorite play- player, so you know how old I am. But uh, And I'm never leaving the Cubs, but I am disgusted. I don't think Hoyer will ever get anyone but second line. You, you always get pitchers that have Tommy John surgery history or the ERAs of four-point or five-point. They're projects. Of what we want, this is Chicago. We should get top-of-the-line free agents, but it seems like we don't. Thank you, Mickey. Have a happy new year. We appreciate you listening. We love your calls and and your feedback, and it gives you a lot to think about. I think, Bruce, as we get ready to go to break here, and we'll talk about it, Cubs fans might be uh, an element of them disgusted by what's going on, like Mickey, or a lot of them might be encouraged by the second half. It depends on your perspective, and it depends on where your expectation level is after a season, the second straight one, that was highly disappointing and orchestrated to lose. That was something that the Cubs kind of invited, this kind of reaction that Mickey just expressed. Have the Cubs caught up to the Cardinals on paper? No, they have not. Okay. Have they caught up to the Brewers might be a better question, and we'll know a little bit more about that as spring training evolves into the 2023 season. Uh, my guess is still a little short of Milwaukee, but again, are they a team that's going to be a 80-plus win team? And will they continue to add on? And I, I think there's a good possibility the Cubs will be that in 2023. Well, let's keep that conversation going. We're going to have equal time this morning. Cubs look ahead. White Sox look ahead. This is the final Saturday of the 2022 calendar year, the final inside the clubhouse of the season. So we will uh, begin and continue our Cub conversation when we come back. Bruce Levine, David Haw, inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And the 3-2. Swing and a drive. Deep left field. It's got a chance. Gone. Welcome to the Chicago Cubs. Christopher Morrell. He missed first base. He goes back and steps on it. What a moment. Can you believe it? Right? It's just one of them nights here at the Friendly Compound. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. David Hoff, Bruce Levine, talking baseball till 11 o'clock. What a highlight. What a fun memory that was. Pat Hughes, Ron Coomer right here on the score with Christopher Morrell and Bruce a year ago on New Year's Eve. I don't think anybody, had we talked about what to look ahead for in the Cubs in 2022, I don't think anybody would have been taken seriously had they said, well, you know what, this kid, Christopher Morrell, he's going to come up and he's going to have this 
infectious enthusiasm, and he's going to hit for uh, a little bit of power. He's going to play every position. He's going to be one of the bright spots of the Cubs in 2022. Nobody would have bought it. Mickey would have been calling, criticizing our, our baseball opinions, and yet that is the beauty of the sport because things happen that you can't anticipate. So as we begin here, uh, our Cubs segment, looking ahead at what to expect, I don't know what you can uh, expect when, you, when it comes to those kinds of surprises, but he's at the top of the list of, of reasons why, boy, you just, you just wait and see what's going to happen, and you, and you might be pleasantly surprised. I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one, uh, David, because as much as Morrell showed well, if he was on a championship caliber team, he would have been looked at as a uh, June swoon type player. Uh, because as he came up, uh, the first three months were great. The last two were, were not very good. And uh, I think he was a under uh, 600 um, OPS, right around six, early sixes if you like those kind of numbers. So he did fade, but the ability to play multiple positions, the ability to uh, hit the ball out of the ballpark, the personality are things that you certainly want and need on your team. As to where he fits in 2023, is he a third baseman? Is he a super utility guy? Or does he really go back to the minor leagues for the first month of the season? Because you do not, and I'll repeat, do not, you fill in the rest, David. Do not I don't think he him. does, Bruce. I don't like that idea. I like Christopher Morrell being your super utility guy who bounces around, keeps everybody in, in a positive frame of mind, and give you a little bit of pop at different positions. But th- th- it is a good opportunity to look big picture at what the Cubs still need and what they have acquired so far. We talk about them being strong up the middle. What we haven't mentioned yet is they added Tucker Barnhart, the defensive-minded catcher um, from the Reds and the, and the Tigers, an Indiana native, so that always makes me a little partial to those guys. But Tucker Barnhart is going to be uh, splitting time with Jan Gomes, Cody Bellinger in center, fielder. in center field. You have Nico Horner moving to second with Dansby Swanson at shortstop. There aren't going to be a lot of obvious roles for Christopher Morrell, but you know how things go. There's attrition, there are injuries. There's a DH. There are all kinds of ways. When you look at the Cubs roster now, added Swanson, added Barnhart, they re-signed Drew Smiley, what is left for them to do? And how will the, you know, the, the players that contributed last year to a 39-31 record after the All-Star break, how do those guys fit in as they kind of plan on what they need in 2023? Yeah, David, you know, for me, and uh, I was talking to our, our buddy Jeff Bukovich, our nationwide insurance guy and one of the, uh, the great baseball people in the city, a good friend of mine, and he said Morrell's best position is third base, okay? Let him play there. Make Wisdom the first baseman along with, uh, <clears throat> along with Mervis, and, and then you have a platoon over there, and you have guys that can move around a little bit still. So they're locked in there, but just throw Morell at third base and, and see what you have. But there's still a lot of holes, you know, that they have to fill. Um, the, the major hole for me is uh, the bullpen, the closer. You know, who is is that going to be? Alzali? Uh, is it going to be Wick? Oh, Hoyer probably won't be back to the earliest in the middle of the year. So from that perspective, uh, what does that bullpen look like? If if there's any great success 
for Hoyer and the front office over the last two years. It's identifying veteran bullpen guys in the offseason and having them contribute to the first half of the year and then trading them for valuable parts uh, the second half of both 2021 and 22. Fantastic job by the Cubs front office for doing that. But it leaves a, a big hole as to whether or not you can repeat that or you have the arms in your organization now to start filling those roles going forward. Let's go back out to the score listener line powered by BetQL. Tony is in Elmhurst. Tony, welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. First, I'd like to say that I'm a, I was a, a South Sider and a, a kind of stick for the Cubs right now, but I'm you know, the first Cubs uh, first Cubs game I went to was with my friends from. I was born and raised on 31st and Wells Street, and we went to the uh, the, the Cubs-Giant games, 1969, and uh, the Cubs won the game 10-4, and four of my friends sitting there stuck for the other team. I was the only guy that stuck for the Cubs, actually, and they still do that today. But anyway, I think the window for the, for the White Sox, they'll probably win the World Series before the Cubs. I honestly say that. But uh, as far as the Cubs are concerned, you know, I think they're maybe two, three years away yet. Uh, that, being, that being said, because uh, Jed Hoy hasn't addressed, you know, other than that Swanson that gives an infield, uh, some depth. But you look at their outfield, two, two-thirds of their outfield still are, are on one-year contracts, and they could be gone at the end of the year, and they'll, they'll be in the same process uh, at the end of the year also. And, uh, Thanks, you know, Tony. Appreciate yeah, th- th- appreciate the call, Tony. T- two or three years away from what? Bruce, I think that when we talk about the Cubs, frankly, when we talk about sports in Chicago, all of the teams seem to be in very similar situations. We say they're, they're a year away from this or a year away from that. Where is the bar? Now, if you're talking about the Cubs competing in 2023, I want to ask you this. How far away are the Cubs from contending for a playoff spot? Because you have to... You have to walk, crawl before you walk, and you have to walk before you run, and all those things and cliches. Is this a Cub team when they report to Mesa in February that can legitimately say they're going to contend for a playoff spot? Well, now that you have expanded playoffs, I, I would say yes. You know, uh, you know, almost half the teams are going to be making it now, and I look forward to when there's expansion again that uh, there'll be even more playoff teams for uh, making it. I don't know if it's good for the sport or not. Generally, I don't like that. But the idea is, is there's was there more excitement in, a, in many cities? Um, you, you ended up with the National League champion this year being the sixth seed, right? Okay. So by the, the older format, the Phillies would not have been your champions in 2022. So that said, uh, my roundabout answer to you, my my topic answer to your short (laughs) question is, Uh uh, yes, I I think that um, the Cubs are going to be considered because I think it only takes now between 80 and 85 wins mostly to maybe get that last seed. And if that's the case, you're right. I I, I, I would agree with you, Bruce, because otherwise, why do you go out? And sign Dansby Swanson. I know he's got a seven-year contract, but you are aggressive in pursuing one of the four shortstops, 
with the idea that you can instantly contend for a playoff spot with the expanded postseason. I, I think you go get Jamison Tyone. You want to take advantage of Marcus Stroman's deal. You want to take advantage of the veteran depth that you have accumulated and, and stockpiled in your rotation. That's why Drew Smiley is back. Isn't that the case? Two years, $19 million. I don't think it was a long-term deal. You want to, don't want to sign a guy at this stage of his career unless you're trying to be a team that flirts with 500, maybe gets you know you get 85 victories, and then you sneak into the postseason. That's where the Cubs are realistically. I guess maybe that's optimistically to a lot of people, but I don't think that's outlandish to me. doesn't sound like it to me. Look, if you get 90 starts from Tyone, Stroman, and Hendricks, I will say the Cubs are the Cubs are in the playoffs. Okay, I'll just go with that. And, and and that doesn't mean that they'll still be over 83 to 87 wins. I mean, I think that's the highest that anyone would pick them for right now, uh, considering the, the unknowns and the idea that you're still depending on some players. Uh, for linear improvement in their games. That's not necessarily always the case. But um, I, I think on paper, and, and that's strictly what it is right now, the Cubs are a better team than they were uh, at the end of 2022. Does that make them ahead of Milwaukee or St. Louis? No, but that could still make them a, a strong contender for the playoffs. 708 uh, says the Cubs should be used to coming out of the bullpen and bring up Wick and some other minor leaguers. They will compete this year. 847 says Christopher Morrell should play third every day. And, of course, our guy Peoria, Matt, chimes in. If the roster stays as is, I wouldn't worry about a closer. (laughs) So there's always that. Let's go back to the phone lines, Bruce, and bring in Gary to talk Cubs. Good morning, Gary. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Morning. Uh, I think the Cubs' two biggest needs right now are one more uh, hitter, because I think they're, uh, they have holes at third, first, and uh, designated hitter. And I'd like to see another left-handed reliever, maybe like an Andrew Chafin, bring him in. As far as their best player, I'd pick uh, Dansby Swanson. And as far as their, their worst player, I'd hate seeing Patrick Wisdom out there. He strikes out 40% of the time. If you make him a pl- platoon player at first, and he only plays against left-handed pitchers, I could go with that but if you play him every day that's just ridiculous he, he he strikes out way too much thanks gary i appreciate the phone call nobody had mentioned patrick wisdom up until then bruce i wonder where you think he fits in and as for the left-hander out of the bullpen need to get your thoughts i was negligent and not mentioning earlier anthony k kind of a project signing for the cubs perhaps but he is a left-hander that the cubs have added to their bullpen what do you think well it's a good idea i think they need to do more um, look, I like Patrick Wisdom. It's a great story. He's a ter- not a good guy, a terrific guy. But if he's your everyday starter at third base for X amount of years, you're probably a second division team. Okay? So, and it's not just on him. He's done what they expect. You know, he's a 25 to 30 home run hitter. He's going to drive in some runs, and he's going to strike out. If he gets 600 bats, he's going to strike out. 175 to 200 times. That's just uh, who he is at this point in time. I think that 312 raises a good question on the text line. Regular listener says, where was the power coming from with the Cubs? They were lacking power the last couple seasons. That was a, a weakness, and they have yet to really address it. They are also losing Wilson Contreras's pop in his bat. That's not to be overlooked. There's so much angst, and maybe I helped create some, 
but the emotional response to Wilson Contreras sometimes overshadowed what you're going to be missing from an offensive standpoint in that lineup, Bruce. I'm not sure they adequately re- replaced him from an offensive perspective, even though they might feel like defensively they have upgraded it, it, with Gomes and now with Barnhart. Well, they added 25 home runs at shortstop. That's that's a good place to go, okay? that That's a real good place to go. And then Bellinger, at his worst, is 16 home runs in center field. That's what he was last year. And that was it was bad. I mean, he was still hitting 210 after hitting 165 the year before. But he's still going to run into 15 to 20 home runs, even in a bad year. And I, I expect him to be better. Suzuki's going to play a full year. I expect 20 home runs out of him. So when, when you look at some of those things, and you have Mervis... Uh, you don't know what that's going to look like. I think Horner, as he continues to grow into his body, is a 15 to 20 home run guy. So I, I think the Cubs just um, automatically are going to hit more home runs than they did last year. And, and they, they have to. But again, you know, we don't know about the linear growth of Morrell or uh, Horner. We don't know for sure they're going to hit 15 home runs or 10 home runs. But uh, I think you like both of their chances to continue to be better hitters in this league and uh, their power their power and their ability to identify pitches improves as well. I agree with that, and it's a fair concern. I also think that when you look at the way the Cubs are trying to build themselves a playoff team, it is now the emphasis being on pitching and defense. And maybe it always is that, Bruce, and it's, it, that's as old as baseball – but you look at the way that they have now structured their staff, and you, we could go through the potential starting rotation. And you mentioned, and it's a great number to keep in mind, the 90 starts between the three veterans. I don't know where Kyle Hendricks is in his re- recovery. I'm not sure what to, to expect from Marcus Stroman if the second half was a sign of what to expect or just maybe uh, something that um, was sustainable. And, and you look at the young pitching depth, Keegan Thompson, you know, Justin Steele, Wesneski, all these guys, we, we haven't even mentioned Killian and the young pitchers that they are stockpiling. As one very optimistic listener texts in 773, Cub fans have never had a pitching staff this deep. They have always bashed their way into the playoffs. They are now, dare I say it, this is the texter, the 90s Braves, pitching and defense. Boy, would that be something. But the point is being, Bruce, it, that is the emphasis of this offseason, and I think that may be the way the Cubs, uh, the formula they're trying to use to get back into the postseason. Look, uh, postseason's nice, uh, but, you know, one of our callers, you know, just I think it was Tony, um, talked about the fact that um, there are a lot of guys that are, there's no commitment to. So left field, you got a guy that's going to walk or sign a long-term deal. Center field, you got a guy that's going to walk or sign a long-term deal. Uh, catcher is going to walk after this year, the starting catcher. Uh, Stroman can walk away from his contract after 2023 uh, with his clause. So if you look at it the way and objectively the way the the caller looked at it, it's true. They have a hole at first base right now that we don't know is going to be filled. Uh, Second base looks and shortstop look good. down the road, you have young center fielders, young outfielders that are probably going to fill those roles. But the commitment toward uh, long-term solutions on the major league roster are limited at this point. 
All right, Sox fans, now it's your turn. We covered the Cubs looking ahead, what they have done, what they still need to do. What do you think? 312-644-6767. Your turn is next. We see you, Mike, in Northbrook. We will get to you, the White Sox, on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Jimenez, deep to left, and this is gone. Put a charge in that baseball, cut the lead in half. And that is home run number 15 for the big guy. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. David Hall, Bruce Levine talking baseball until 11 o'clock. Thank you for that. Aloy Jimenez home run highlight. I am glad there was a highlight to get back uh, and play back from the 2022 White Sox season that lasted so forever. Such, such a negative guy. I, I'm not looking ahead, Bruce. We're just keeping things positive here. But you have to admit, it was a long season, and now there is hope again, maybe on the south side, from a lot of different people. They have seen. I, do you have hope for this this season based I, on I what's happened so far? I don't far? disagree with you, David. I don't disagree with you. I think of all the frustrating years of watching the White Sox for White Sox fans, hearing from them, watching them myself. Uh, talking to you every Saturday about it, writing about it on our website, talking about it on our key. Oh, no, that's the Cubs. Um, the uh, <laughs> the thing that the 2022 season could have been the most frustrating uh, yeah. in maybe since 2007. <clears throat> you remember 2005, the world champion White Sox. 2006, they won 90 games but didn't make the playoffs. And in 2007 was a, a horrendous year for them, very frustrating year. They, they felt they added some uh, <clears throat> power arms and were going to be a very good team, and it turned out to be the opposite. So this, uh, with maybe the last 20 years at least, that was, to me, the most frustrating White Sox year. And, you know, many years, if they won 81 games, you know, you'd say, okay, they're on their way. But in this case, it was probably 15 games less in the win column that most people expected. So let's look at what has happened since the end of the season, Bruce. I think Rick Hahn meets the media after Tony La Russa uh, makes his retirement official, introduces the new manager, Pedro Grifol. Kind of a surprise, but it, leaning into intensity and defense and fundamentals and the things that baseball managers like to talk about, and you hope that they can execute. Now you look at what they did to the roster. Rick Hahn, after saying he's not going to throw money at the problem, has thrown money at the problem. Nobody's complaining. Nobody's complaining about Andrew Benintendi playing in left field, the gold glove edition. Nobody's going to complain about Mike Clevenger supplementing that starting rotation because I think that if those guys play like the back of the baseball card suggests they can, they will be upgrades. But, Bruce, where's this magical trade, this clever idea? Where's this creativity from the front office in Rick Hahn that we were promised? Is that still a possibility before spring training starts? Well, I think the creativity is been intended. I mean, that that is very creative. And it's, you know, you and I and, and most people were talking about, hey, the White Sox need a left-handed power bat. They need a power bat. And what they turned up with was a on-base percentage guy with who makes a lot of contact, is a very good outfielder. So they improved their defense. They improved their top-of-the-order getting on base function. For the guy that's uh, 350 on uh, uh, base percentage, lifetime. So for, from all of that, 
I, I really think it's an underrated move, and it's going to serve the White Sox extremely well. That said, there's still holes, and, and the holes are still maybe depth in the rotation and a catcher, okay? Where is, you know, if, okay, Grandal's in a walk year. This is his last year of his contract. Two injury-plagued years. The second half of 2021, he might have been the White Sox MVP, the way that uh, he hit and uh, helped them get win the division. But the rest of the contract has not looked good due to his injuries and lack of ability to hit. Last year was just a complete waste of time for him and the White Sox. Uh, you have Savala as your backup. Is is that is that going to be enough for you going into no. 2023? You need another no. catcher. You need another and, catcher. You need some other elements. You're, you're exactly right, Bruce. And, and I don't know what catcher you're going to get at this point in time. Most of them are off the board. Uh, there might be a few guys left, a veteran or two here and there. But from that perspective, who's putting down the fingers is – the most essential thing for me on a, uh, on a, on a team for a catcher. And you're talking about the catchers, not the fans, right? You want the catchers putting down the fingers, not the fans putting More up the fingers. More than one finger, David. Okay. okay? Right. More than Just, one finger. Making sure I'm understanding you correctly here, Bruce. Let's go out to the phone lines. Our buddy Ron is on the south side. Good morning, Ron. Welcome inside the clubhouse, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Um, um, two, two things. Uh, Oscar Colas, uh, mainly because, I mean, he's, you know, 24 years old. I don't know how much more he can improve um, in the minor leagues. Uh, it appears that he's going to be the right fielder. And saying that, guys, the, the second base situation, in fact, you can put him down at the bottom of the order because I'm sure he will have some struggles. But as far as the internal options, you that, the White Sox don't have anything in second base. And, um, uh, David, you said this creative thinking. I've told you all, I know for the last three, four weeks, they were not going to be able to trade to get a, you know, a, a good player unless you, and you're not going to take somebody off the, you know, the team now. So that that's it. As far and and uh, also good today, but I thought Segar, uh, you know, would have been a good option, but. The main thing is you, you you're not going to be able to have that situation with those guys and Colas out there. So thanks, guys. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate the phone call, Bruce. I like the idea of Oscar Colas in right field on opening day. I've always thought that he was a feasible option there. I don't know about their internal options or alternatives at second base. Romy Gonzalez right now seems to be the guy they're pointing to to take that step. I think that's a mistake only because. A team like the White Sox, you hope, would have more proven veteran um, depth or a starter at that position. Maybe Elvis Andrews would be the guy. I'm not sure. Well, what you do you were, think? David, you were the one that's saying, let's Sosa play, right? You know, you wanted Sosa That was a team play. that needed a spark. Bruce, you are now twisting me out of context. That was a team that was struggling, needed a spark. Lenin Sosa was a guy that could provide one. He didn't so do it. No, I was wrong. No but now. Anymore. No, he's a young player. I know, well, but give him an opportunity. You don't need two experiments, uh, two youth projects right. in the lineup so on I opening the, day. I have the perfect trade for the White Sox. It will cost them very little. Probably uh, a top 15 prospect in their organization for a trade with the Chicago Cubs for Nick Madrigal. 
okay, who does <laughs> no longer fits with the Chicago Cubs, okay? Oh, I love, I so love you, the irony. So, so you reacquire Nick Madrigal, and you implement him at the position. The Cubs lose nothing there because they have their second baseman for the future and shortstop for the future for the next five years. Madrigal has no spot on the Cubs. He doesn't play another position. He's had injuries, but he is a guy that makes contact. He does bring a lot of energy, and it would be a, a perfect flyer for the Chicago White Sox to take. You have had crazier ideas, Bruce. I don't think that's that so crazy. It's just a matter of making that trade. Let's squeeze in Owen and Will Willowbrook before the break. Owen, Happy New Year. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Hey, guys. Um, hey, I, I like the idea of Madrigal, but um, I also think that if they thought out of the box, I think the Sox could go after Glaber Torres at second base from the Yankees. Now, you could trade. I mean, it would it'd, it'd probably take a lot to get him, but I think he'd be a nice fit for that ball club. Uh, the Yankees have a lot of middle infielders, and I think he'd be really good in that ballpark. The other thing is the Sox are so right-handed in the starting rotation that I actually think Chris Sale, and he hurt his finger, not his arm. He's coming back from his arm. I think Chris Sale could be available, whether wow. it be in a starting position or he'd be, if you traded Liam Hendricks, he'd be a great closer. Whoa, Owen, thanks for the phone call. Bruce, of White Sox reunion, Sale and Madrigal in the same clubhouse? I, I, well, you didn't, you didn't tell him, you didn't tell Owen he's had crazier ideas before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, I think, uh, you know, Sale, if he's not in the moving van business anymore where, uh, you know, he's removing furniture and getting injured uh, any longer, why not? I mean, well, uh, Bruce, let's face it. Most of that contract. Well, let's face it, though. Chris Sale, if he came to the White Sox, he would have to approve the City Series jerseys first. And then if he liked those, <laughs> then he would be welcomed back with open arms. Well, you, you also have, if you purchase him, and I think he's got two years or three years left on a contract, at least two. Uh, I, I, you, you also have a, a back-end answer if you want to say Chris Sale's now your closer for the future. I, I think if you're going to invest hope in a hard-throwing left-hander who has been somewhat injury-prone or coming off an injury, Garrett Crochet is the guy to do that. I don't think that reinvesting in Chris Sale makes a lot of sense, although I will agree with Owen. There is a need for a left-handed component in that starting rotation. They're way too right-handed. I don't know how you address that now, Bruce. I don't know how much that will hurt them, but it is something that uh, it's not ideal. It's less than ideal if you're the White Sox right now. Absolutely. Open phone lines in the second hour. We're taking your calls. Who had the best season? Who had the worst season? Your Cubs and Sox players. And biggest disappointments in 2022. All wow, that's, gonna, that's a long list, and it's going to be a fun hour, but that is exactly what we will do when we return. It's inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.